0: anyway we're recording
1: <laughs> oh great hey
0: everyone welcome back welcome back to 50 Percent. it's november
1: yes i uh it doesn't feel like november it yet. does
0: not it is like one billion degrees outside i'm so upset <laughs> honestly it's november we both voted today we did um this will come out after Election Day. So, but I,
1: I hope you all voted. Hope you all voted. Please do your civic duty.
0: Yes. Anyway, so since it's November, and since the rest of our year of episodes is going to be taken up with spoiler alert holiday content, what else? <laughs> what else? Um, we figured we would do a little early ish roundup of. Our favorite books that we read this year, both both romance and not, but obviously with a special focus on romance. Yes, obviously we
1: read a lot of romance, yeah. And we have some overlapping favorites, but we figured all of our reading time is going to be taken up with Christmas and holiday reads. Yes, going forward, and there are no Thanksgiving reads
0: Th- that we know of. If y'all, if if anyone out there in podcast land knows of a Thanksgiving themed romance that doesn't suck, please let us know. That,
1: I would love to read a
0: Thanksgiving romance. The that doesn't suck is a really vital <laughs> piece of this because I feel confident that there are plenty of Thanksgiving romances, like the
1: um, like the B horror movies. Like
0: <laughs> yes,
1: the yeah. romance version of Thanksgiving. Please let us <laughs> yeah. know where it
0: is. Yeah, I like that. The uh, the Angelica Frankenstein of of Thanksgiving reanimated turkeys. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh God. Okay. No, it's got to be like a turkey farmer or something. Oh. <laughs> or a, s- no, someone it, who works at a restaurant, a bakery, a bakery, a pie sure. baker, a pie baker. There you go. Like okay. pushing daisies. Yeah. Or yeah, I, that could qualify.
1: I don't know. A recipe tester mm. for Bon Appetit. I like that. Mm, I should write it. <laughs> there you go. There we go. I will write it, and we'll review it on the next
0: episode. No one take this idea. Yeah, actually. It is, is uh, National Novel Writing Month, so you could <laughs> get a little late start. Mm, yeah, I
1: have how It's I have 26 days.
0: Yeah. I can do that. Mm-hmm. You could write a novel in 26 days. Will it be good? No. But you could do it. I... Could. <laughs> not that you
1: don't have enough to write. Oh, right no, now. not at all. No, not like my job is already writing. Yeah. Not novels.
0: Right, exactly. It's fine. Anyway, um, so as we were making our list of faves of the year, we both listed the same two first. What a shock. And mine were not in any specific order, but I do think these two pull away from the pack. Mm, I don't disagree. Yeah. So I'm going to challenge you, though, and ask you a question. <laughs> oh, no. Which is, okay, just just because we're not going to – I'll ruin the suspense. It's Book Lovers by Emily Henry and Part of Your World by Abby Jimenez, um, where our, our, our clear – uh, top two. Um, I, I have a third in there, which is Dead Romantics, but these these two are the two we agree on. Mm-hmm. If I, if you had to pick one, what's the number one? <sighs> Who gets the number one slot? I think
1: my gut says book lovers. Really? I love Nora so much as a character and she reminds me a lot of me. Mm-hmm. which we had talked about on our very first episode of this podcast. So perhaps that also uh puts it above fair, true. You know,
0: got a soft spot. My gut was saying part of your world and that's mainly because I'm like I think in I think now currently I would say book lovers, mm-hmm. but thinking back to like the experience of reading both of those, I think I had like a more like, visceral reaction to part of your world. Yes. Like, I – like, that – the book Hangover after finishing that book was, like, the worst in recent memory for me. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think it's because the book was so emotional and, like, heavy in some places and, like, you know, we've talked about this before, but I – like – I think that I think if I'm thinking of like the experience of reading the book,
1: Mm, mm -hmm. I would
0: put part of your world just like the tiniest little like half inch ahead. It is so hard because for me, they have very
1: different vibes, too. I mean, they're both set in small towns. They're both. I mean, they've both got great townies, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I love a townie. Um, Part of your world has a great dog. That's part of it. Great dog. I don't know. It I feel like Book Lovers just edges it out for me a little bit because parts of it are so funny. Right. And the dialogue between Nora and Charlie is probably my favorite dialogue of any romance that I've ever read. Agreed. Yeah. Like I just remember reading it and so much of like the ping-ponging between them like when they're in the bar, when they're in the Italian restaurant or anything like that, like I was just having the best time reading it. Whereas Part of Your World, on the other hand, ripped out my heart and stomped on it
0: right so it's hard to compare them it doesn't it doesn't feel like an apples to apples kind of comparison like putting them up against each other
1: right i this is not to say i didn't love part of your world because i absolutely did love it Mm. and i want to marry the male lead of part of your world my god i know who we talked about it on a different episode, is one of the only men in a romance novel that I feel like I could picture clearly and was like, I am attracted to this man.
0: Yeah, I do feel like he gets the blue ribbon of uh, male lead of the year. While I think Nora in Book Lovers gets female, lead, female of the- lead of the year. I will say, Abby Jimenez might also win the biggest grand gesture. Biggest grand gesture and also... uh how many coffee mugs could I fill with my tears? <laughs> Ooh.
1: We should write these down for next year I when know. we revisit
0: them. Coffee mugs full of
1: tears. I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't read Part of Your World, which you absolutely should. This uh, Clearly, this is one of our top recommendations, but Abby Jimenez, one, writes great heartbroken men and great grand gestures. hmm mm-hmm. So... Yeah,
0: yeah, good stuff. So the, those are the two winners because because of the emotion, because of the dialogue, because of the characters, um, and because it's two of our favorite romance authors. So in terms of other romance novels that we loved, I've talked about Dead Romantics to death. We don't need to go over it anymore. Everyone knows. This, this is Katie's book. I loved it. You loved it too. It's I not the love way it. that I do.
1: Yeah, this is... I, I did love Dead Romantics, but I almost don't think of it as a romance in some ways. Right. Like, it is a romance, but one of the funny things about reading Dead Romantics was once Ben was not a ghost anymore, I. it was harder to connect with him in the romance of mm-hmm. it all. So, I don't know. I kind of think of that book as just a... A fiction, almost yeah. great book. I did love it, and yeah. I love talking about it with you. But
0: I don't know What's Yeah, your- that's an interesting observation. What's your superlative for it?
1: Best hot ghost.
0: I really, really liked the uh, the scene setting mm. and just the writing. It also very good dialogue, but just very good, like strong beautiful writing throughout like there were so many i had so many little flags Mm -hmm. and like maybe like best little moments Mm -hmm. perhaps
1: mine perhaps for dead romantics would be best dog
0: best dog truly i actually have a book with a better dog (gasps) i in my opinion and it's not one of my favorite books of the year i did really enjoy it i just finished uh listening to the audiobook which is uh and it's it's not a romance novel. It's like a fantasy, maybe, I would call it. Um, speculative fiction. I don't know. It's the 10,000 Doors of January. And there's a really great dog in there whose name is Sinbad. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad for short. Oh, my gosh. So he's a dog named Bad because uh, he is kind of bad. Uh, but he's very He's like very defensive of his owner and like attacks like her enemies or whatever. It's very cute. And I thought something happened to him. At the end, and I was like, if I just listened to hours of this book and this fucking dog dies, I I was like in my car driving home yesterday when I finished it, and I was like, I'm gonna this crash is a my no car. This no dead like, dog I, zone. I know, but the d- the dog survives. Yes, he, yes, spoiler, bad is fine. Spoiler um, alert: the dog, always is, fine. Warranted. The dog yeah. is fine. The dog is fine. The dog is fine. Because I was like, who let me pick up this book? <laughs> yeah, who
1: who didn't tell me? Do not ever recommend us a book where the dog dies. No, that's it anyway bad is fine so
0: he's my best dog mm. of the year okay that's a good that's a good note i also did i do recommend that book it was it was lovely hmm. uh what what else do you have in the romance realm for mm. for your faves so this one i have
1: kind of complicated feelings about because i didn't like how it ended mm. oh, but right. i had a really fun time reading it the book is how to fake it in hollywood by ava wilder which has Lots of things I love in a romance, which is rich people doing dumb things, celebrities, uh, people go shopping in Beverly Hills, love stuff like that. Um, it starts off as a fake dating and then kind of quickly becomes a real dating. Uh, I always pictured the male lead as like Ben Affleck in my mind, who I don't like, but he's kind of a Ben Affleck type character. Mm. But, uh. I didn't love how it ended, but I had a really good time reading it. And my superlative for it is it has one of the hottest non-sex scenes I've read all year. Oh. So, hottest non-sex scenes. Yeah. Uh it's I mean it's a sexy scene, but Right. They don't actually touch each other. Mm. It is... Ooh, it is so good. That's my superlative for that. Is okay. Hotest scene where they don't actually touch each other because they're trying to resist being together for... Oh, reasons that's my that, favorite. Yeah. Reasons <laughs> I don't fully understand. I won't spoil it, but it is so good.
0: Shit, now I have to read it.
1: it. It was a fun read. It was a really fun read. And again, I love stupid rich people drama. It's great. It's my favorite thing.
0: Yeah, I, ne- I need to pick that one up. I did like... My favorite Stupid Rich People drama book of this year was I read the first American Royals book, which was very – I it's not in my favorites of the year, but everyone that I – like, so many people that I know have, like, loved this series, and I was like, okay, I'll finally pick it up. That book was long as hell, but um, <laughs> I think I would have liked it more if it were, like, half – <laughs> the length that it was. That's how I felt about Crazy Rich
1: Asians, which I DNFed. Yes. It's so
0: long. Big Crazy Rich Asians vibes right. in in American Royals. Um, but really great silly rich people. Mm, my favorite. Yeah. So that's that's my nominee for silly rich people. That's a good one. Yeah.
1: What else you got in romance?
0: Okay, so I have um I have two that I'm going to mention together because I read them like the same week um, and they're both second chance. Um, Mm -hmm. So I kind of couple them together. One is like very solidly in my top books of the year and the other one is like a bonus honorable mention one. So I loved, 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 loved Every Summer After, like so much. Um, Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. It was so good. It has like, it's just like, If you had to make a book for Katie, this is this is what it is, because like, it reminded me a lot of the books that I read, like in high school, um, because I used to read a bunch of books where it was like, uh, you know, books like The Summer I Turned Pretty and Stuff like that where it was like these summer romances, like some girl would go on vacation with her family and have a summer romance with like the boy next door. Ah, yes. And then go home for the school year and then next year go back and see him again. I read so many books like that in high school. Yes. So many. And so this was like the slightly more grown up version of that. And so it was, it felt very nostalgic to me in that way. Um, But it's also this kind of... It's yeah, it's the story of these like high school sweethearts, and there's like some time jumps back and forth, and it's just really, really lovely. And so the one that I have to mention, like kind of in in conjunction with that, is Funny You Should Ask, um, which I really liked when I read it. In hindsight, I don't know if I would put it in my like top, 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 mm-hmm. but it's definitely worth mentioning. Um, it's the one about um, this journalist who interviews this um, famous actor about, um, well, being famous in his life and whatever, and it becomes this whole thing. But every summer after is like, I actually, like I I would be pushing this book harder if it were like May right now, Mm. because I think you have to read it in summer.
1: Yeah, a seasonal read.
0: Yeah. I don't think I would read it now and love it as much, but I read it in like late July.
1: Yeah, I have a couple of books on my TBR stack that I bought like a few months ago and then didn't read. And now I have to leave them for next summer because they're not.
0: Exactly. They're not winter reads.
1: I exactly. To,
0: I have to wait now. Funny, you should ask. You can read anytime, I will say. Mm. But every summer after, you should definitely read in the summer. Well, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's in the title. It's in the title. Um, I have two other honorable mentions. Um, thank you for listening by Julia Whalen, which we've talked about. A bunch. Mm -hmm. Um, really, really lovely book that you still have to read, right? I do still have to read.
1: I just put myself on hold for the audiobook version. Good. Because as I've established, I'm not an audiobook girly, and I think I should give it a shot because
0: I think I would make it through more books. You definitely would. That's like I've I've told you this before, and I think I've said it on the pod before. Like, people ask me how I go through books so fast, and it's because I listen to a lot of books. Yeah. So
1: I need to give it a shot, and I've heard so many good things from Katie and elsewhere about Julia Whalen as an audiobook narrator, and so I feel like I should start strong and just do one of hers.
0: Yeah. So. I endorse that. I'm very excited to listen to it, though. Um, So my, my, my last romance honorable mention is uh, Shipwrecked, which is the latest... Um, In the spoiler alert series that Olivia Dade does, y'all all all already know that I'm a fan of these. Um, It's like a series of books that takes place um, like involving and between the leads on like a very Game of Thrones-esque TV show. There's like a lot of fan fiction. It's like just enough like Spice. Um, I will... I hope that this series goes on forever. <laughs> I love it. I really love it. Just like Game of Thrones, it will never end. Exactly. Yeah. And I've read Olivia Dade's other books and, and they're great. I love her. She's like a like a – I haven't read all of her books, but I've read a lot of them. Um, And she's someone I will always pick up. But this series specifically, I just love the way she writes the characters. I love that they're all into writing fan fiction or reading uh. fan fiction, like about themselves, which is very funny. Um. So yeah, I just I just love this series. If someone wrote fan
1: fiction about you for some reason, would you read it?
0: Yeah. Not because I would want to, but because you would have to. I would have to. The curiosity. Yeah, I'm nosy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I was
1: about to say no, and then I did remember. I am very nosy.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. W- I would like to say no. Yeah.
1: Yes. But I know I would. I know I would. It it's fine. I I I have no self control really.
0: I would maybe make you read it first, and then like <laughs> tell me if I'm allowed to or not. Yeah, that's mm, okay. like I probably still would anyway. But yeah. you could buffer it for me a little bit. Ooh, yeah. All right. Well, should we? Do you have any other romance novels you want to include, or should we move on to the the non romance portion of the evening?
1: I have a couple honorable mentions. Okay, yeah.
0: Um. I mentioned it on
1: the pod, so I won't go too into it. But it's another Julia Whalen. Yeah. My Oxford year was one that I read in September, I think, because I read it specifically for the back to school vibes of it all. um, Because as the title implies, it's set in Oxford. And I've always wanted to go to England. So, you know, that was part of it. And all I want is to be back in school. So, this was a great choice for me. Um, and it was simultaneously a very fun read and also a very sad read. Mm-hmm. So it's
0: not as maybe as peppy as I thought it was going to be. But it is cute and sweet and heartwarming.
1: Yes. Um, I still recommend it. It's just not, uh, it kind of takes a turn in the middle that I did not see coming. So. Yeah. Yeah. It is very good, though, um, and Julia Whelan does a great job of kind of establishing place
0: mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. Oxford, um, mm-hmm.
1: which I really, really enjoyed.
0: She does that well, and thank you for listening, too.
1: Mm. Again, I'm very excited to read it. I kind of keep forgetting I have it, so I am going to do it. And I'm very <laughs> excited about it. I just keep forgetting, honestly. I think,
0: I think the audiobook is a good route, and especially since, like, we're about to get to the time where we're both driving all over mm-hmm. Kingdom Come um, mm. for the holidays.
1: My other honorable mention uh, is A Thousand Miles by Bridget Morrissey mm. because it's got a great road trip. Oh, maybe I'll listen to that audiobook on my road trip. That would be a fun one because they are driving from Chicago to Colorado. Oh, I'm driving to Colorado. Ex- Look, there it you go. Go. <laughs> Look at that. So it's a long drive. Yeah. Um, but that one was a really like fun, nostalgic one, almost, as it's a second chance between two people who were best friends in high school and then haven't talked in like a decade. This is one I've definitely mentioned on the pod. Um, There's also a great cat character and also a good grand gesture at the end. Mm. So this was a fun one. Also, my superlative for it is a uh, best paramour mention of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Very niche uh, superlatives. Yes, for a early mention of misguided ghosts, a great song that is underappreciated in my opinion. Yeah. So
0: There's my superlative for <laughs> a thousand miles. Thank you, Bridget Morrissey. Yeah, that's niche. Okay, should we uh, move on to the non our non romance?
1: Yeah, leaders. So obviously, we read a lot of romance but we
0: don't get to talk about
1: our other books. We read other often. stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I think we probably share our favorite non-romance one, though. Yes. Which is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Ooh. Okay. We've mentioned it on the podcast, but I don't think
1: we've actually talked about what it's about. So, Katie, would you like to explain?
0: Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow is actually... So, I got it from Book of the Month, mm-hmm. but like 90% of the reason I picked it as my book of the month is because John Green blurbed it and said it was like the best book he read this year and I was like trust him yeah. he what knows John what Green he's talking says. about yeah. yeah um and so what it is is it, another reason I picked it up is because it's like about video games mm-hmm. um and I was like that sounds interesting and it's about people who make video games mm-hmm. and so it's really about these friends, these, these these, two friends, but like three friends, really, who um, make video games together, and it's the story of their lives, their friendship, um, their working relationship. Their, it kind of, it spans decades, it spans locations. There is some romance in it. Yeah. There is
1: not a happy ending.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of love in various forms in it which yes. i think is is the reason i loved this book so much um because it's about love between friends and love between business partners and hate between friends and hate between business partners right um and uh the the process of like building something and being creative and um all of the complexities that come with that, and that feels like a like a vast oversimplification of this book. Um, but it's because it's about it's about so much. There's so much in it. Yeah,
1: one of the one of my favorite things about this book was how Gabrielle Zevin plays with format as mm-hmm. she's writing it. It's in sections, and each section is a little bit different, mm-hmm. and it is so cool the way that she does this but still drives the story forward Mm -hmm. almost in ways that you're not quite sure what's happening in the middle of it until you kind of get to the next section and you realize oh here's where we are now so it's a heavy read it's one that you know actually needs your brain to be focused on it but man it's a book that i i don't even remember what you told me about it when you handed it off to me
0: I, th- I don't think I gave you any context. I think I was mainly just like you have to do this, you don't have a choice. Yeah. I think I knew it
1: was I think I knew the very short blurb of that it's about video games, it's about friends and being creative. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Cool. We'll we'll do it. And I I read this one really quickly, too.
0: I read it it was one of those things where I like thankfully I started it Um, on like a Friday Mm -hmm. of a weekend that I didn't have much to do because I literally did not stop. I did not stop. I like stopped to sleep and eat, but barely even that. Like I just read it all the way through in one go. It, oh gosh. Yeah, if you
1: take a non-romance recommendation from us, this is, it's a heavy one, but it is a book that I will probably think about for a long time.
0: Yeah, I can't think of another book that's even come out in like, recent years that i've even read in recent years that i felt about the way that i feel about this book or felt like the closest thing i can get um is the under the whispering door book by tj clune that one kind of hit me the same way um But and as much as I love Under the Whispering Door, um, this one was like I none of the books that I've read in recent memory even touch this for me. And I I, but like I've seen several um, people like in Facebook groups and stuff I'm in be like, I don't like video games. Will I like this book? Yes, you will. Like you don't have to know anything about video games. But if you know something about video games, there's some nice little Easter eggy things for you. Oh, yeah. I give zero
1: shits about video games. And I loved this book.
0: Yeah and i love video games and i loved this book so there you go yeah um god what a great book what a great book um, my my husband ryan is reading it right now <gasps> and there have been several moments that we're like laying in bed and he'll like finish a chapter and he's just like fuck and i'm like yeah sorry did you prepare him emotionally no oh i i,
1: I didn't prepare any of y'all no that's fair does I'm it i'm just like read it yeah i assume it's your copy with the flags in it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. i don't I didn't flag it, no, when mm-hmm. I was reading it. Yeah. No, this is not when we passed back and forth that way. Yeah.
0: But, yeah. Woof, good book. Yeah, good book. So your your first non-romance that you have listed here is also one that, uh, that we both read that I read at your recommendation.
1: Yeah, and it has some romance in it, but it's not one I would call a romance. Mm-hmm. And I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but it was The Unsinkable Greta James by Jennifer E. Smith and it was one that i finished it was one of my earlier reads this year i think i did it in april or march it was one of my book of the months and sometimes i have a i have issues actually reading my book of the months that aren't romance and this was one that i i got and then actually like read pretty soon after i got it and it's about one it's about an indie singer which i love mm-hmm. um I kept picturing her in my head as um, St. Vincent or Phoebe Bridgers.
0: Yeah, that's pretty close.
1: Yeah. Pretty close to how I pictured her, yeah. And her mother has just passed away, and she goes on a cruise with her dad, and she and her dad don't have the best relationship. And Greta, the main character, the singer, is in this kind of... Rut creatively almost. Um, she had a meltdown on stage, and so she's like supposed to be finishing an album right now, but she's in this really tough place emotionally, and so she agrees to go on this Alaskan cruise with her dad that her mom was supposed to go on with him. And it's a really interesting exploration of one, two people who are grieving the same person, mm-hmm. and a relationship with a parent that isn't always great, right? But there is also a romance element to it, um, and it ends on kind of a, um, kind of an open ended, yeah, no, kind of a question mark, yeah. yeah. And I didn't hate it, which I usually hate because I like to know what happens. But I felt like I felt like I knew what would happen, right? And so it's plus it's it's an Alaskan cruise. Yeah, They do some fun things in Alaska that's really cute.
0: Yeah, the the scene setting is really good in that one, I felt like. Yeah, yeah. I have never wanted to go on a cruise. This
1: book did not make me want to go on a cruise, but I did enjoy reading the book and all the silly cruise things that also happen when you go on a cruise. Right,
0: right. If I were to go on a cruise, it would be an Alaskan cruise. yeah. That's, that's the end of the sentence <laughs> I, I
1: don't know I don't love boats I, Yeah, I don't know but this is one that I, I also- love boats boats don't love me uh, <laughs> they I don't- make me throw up I don't want to sleep on a boat yeah. I saw Poseidon at like age 11 and <laughs> it really scarred me and like the 2006 remake or something that's not even good but you know yes I recall it, it scarred me a little bit <laughs> But it's, it's a book that I, when I finished it, I was like, oh, I really liked that one, but it didn't really stick out in my mind. And then as I've been going to different bookstores this year, I keep seeing it like on the shelves with mm-hmm. like the staff recommendations. And every time I do, I get really happy and like, oh, yeah, I did really like that book. I'm glad everybody else liked it, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like one that like when I finished it, I was like, that was good. And then like the more I think about it, I'm like, that was that I really liked it. Yeah. 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 It kind of grows on you over time. I feel, I feel
1: like. like it'll be a reread for me at some point. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of my qualifier of like, did I really love this book? Right. Am I gonna reread it? Which right. like I think for this one, I think I will.
0: Yeah. Um, so my next one uh is a big old bummer. Um <laughs> Yay. but it's it's so so good. <laughs> so it's um uh Notes on an Execution by Danya Kukovka. I don't know if I'm saying her last name right. I hope I am. Um, but this is the story of a serial killer who is like, um, I, when the book starts, he's like very close to being executed. He's on, he's on death row. And so throughout the book, um, it counts down to his execution basically. Um, from right before the execution up until like the minutes before, seconds before, whatever. Um, but throughout that, um, interspersed with his perspective, um, is, um, the perspectives of basically all of these women whose lives he impacted in some way, like, um, victims and his mother and his wife and, um someone he grew up with and like so it's like his story told through the story of these women, um, which I I mainly really liked that this book. it's very well written and the story is very good, but I I was so impressed by like that format and that mm. idea was so interesting to me um that I I really liked it and it's also it's like, it's not a thriller, but it's not not a thriller. Like, it's pretty suspenseful. Like, it's kind of a page-turner. Turner. You're wanting to find out, like, what's happening. Like, um, you know, because some of the people, it just says who – it says the name of this woman, but you don't know, like, is this his wife? Is it his sister? Is it his – you know, like, because maybe you haven't met everyone up until that point because it's all over in the timeline. Um, so it's it's really interesting um, and – uh i i really saying that i enjoyed it is feels weird um it was it was compelling though yeah
1: i don't remember when you were reading this one but i really want to read it this kind of sounds like one of my weirder jams so my next non-romance uh is (laughs) maybe very niche uh but it was (laughs) very fun for me uh one of my favorite movies of all time is Mad Max Fury Road. And if you know anything about the production of that movie, it should not exist as a movie. Uh, I think it was Steven Spielberg or somebody else who was like, everyone who made this movie should be dead. I have no idea how this worked out. <laughs> it is So Kyle Buchanan, who's a journalist, um, put together an oral history of Mad Max Fury Road and called Blood, Sweat, and Chrome Ooh, and it is so good. It is so much fun to read because it starts like literally with they conceived Mad Max: Fury Road, which is right after you know the original Mad Maxes came out, and then the movie was stuck in like development hell for a long time. But George Miller was so like, I'm gonna make this movie, (laughs) and again, this movie should not exist. But Kyle Buchanan's sourcing is so impressive. You know, he gets all the main actors. You got Tom Hardy and Charlize Theron, of course. And then you've got a lot of people who are, like, working behind the scenes, like the stunt people. Uh, Obviously, you got George Miller. But you get kind of all these little, like, side characters who show you how this weird movie was made. Plus, I've never read a full oral history book. Mm -hmm. And so... This was interesting. It was a different experience. I love oral histories when they're like articles, but this was the first full length book oral history I read. And I read it on my Kindle, which was, I wouldn't recommend because you mm. kind of have to flip back and forth. Um, so I need to order a print copy because it's also one that I just want one to, to have. have. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that was one of my favorite books I read this year. It was so much fun um keeping my shit
0: dark Ooh, um I, what a have, theme. <laughs> I know but it's uh the school for good mothers by jasmine chan and this book was so fucked up it was basically it's basically set in this like kind of dystopian so, like version of our society um where like everything else feels exactly the same except like the the thing that's different and dystopian about it is like the, like, um, child protective services system is, like, really, really intense with mothers specifically. Mm. Um, and so uh, this this woman gets sent, gets her kid taken away from her, basically, because she um, left her at home alone one day for, like, a few hours because it se- it seems to me like she has some kind of postpartum depression going on. And so she just, like made a major mistake, left her baby alone for a few hours and is now like reaping the consequences of it, Mm. which like, so you kind of have this battle of like, she did this like awful thing, but is her like quote unquote punishment, like does she deserve all of this? And so she gets sent, she gets her kid taken away. She gets sent away to this school, this like training program for like bad mothers where they basically just like, Shame them and make them do all this crazy shit. Um, and like the bar for like passing the, like your like classes, trainings, I don't know, is like unreasonably high. And it's like, I mean, it's it's a social commentary on the way that we treat mothers in our Mm. current society. It feels very like handmaid's tale esque in the way that like you recognize that this isn't the real it isn't real society, but it certainly feels like it could be. (laughs) Yeah. Um it's and I yeah, it it's 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 so sad. It's a sad book. Warning. Yeah. It's a sad book, but it's very good. Ooh. And it pissed me off and it i'm looking at it on good goodreads right now and it only has like three and a half stars so like i guess a lot of people didn't like it the way that but man i i really liked it i well liked it again a weird thing to say mm-hmm. <laughs> um i i found it compelling <laughs>
1: i didn't love reading
0: it but it made me think yeah Basically. exactly exactly
1: yeah Oof, okay i'll table that
0: yeah yeah, yeah. That that's maybe one uh, you got to read when you're in the right headspace, I feel like. Yeah. Especially if any of our listeners are mothers or trying to be mothers, maybe uh, wait. Mm, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, I will also continue to bring it down. A big old bummer, yeah. Uh, this book came out last year, but I read it earlier this year, um, Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner, perhaps better known as uh, Japanese Breakfast um woof yeah what a great book so good uh this is a memoir about her uh, basically about her and her mother and their relationship throughout her life and after her mother is diagnosed with cancer um and it's not really a spoiler but it also explores you know Michelle's experience after her mother dies um and oh wow this was a this was a this was a gut punch one
0: yeah and it's it's an interesting book because yeah it is such a gut punch but there are so many moments in it that are like really joyful and like related to like Michelle's honors like career success mm-hmm. and um, creative journey and food there's a lot of really great sounding food in this oh, book yes the food oh my gosh I want
1: to I wanted to eat like every single thing that she was talking about mm-hmm. as she was um, writing about it because a lot of the book is her bonding with her mother and her Korean heritage through food. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's oh gosh, it's it's a book that I thought about a lot after I finished it, um, especially her experiences immediately after her mother dies. So. Yeah, kind of a kind of a content warning if you have someone in your life who um, is going through illness right now or anything like that. But yeah, a, a big thing that struck me after the book too, after I finished it, was like Michelle is going through these things in the book, like at a pretty young age. Like she's twenty five when her mother dies, which is how old I am now, and is. Yeah. A weird thing to kind of put yourself in.
0: Well, and also just like, just the way she had to become a caretaker for her mother at that young, at, at that age when it's like, kind of hard to even take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, there are some really
1: great moments of joy in this book. And like, it's so lovely. Like, you get to read about her wedding to Peter. Mm-hmm. If you're a big Japanese breakfast fan, you know about her and Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, which was really Really lovely to read about. When I finished it, I don't know enough about like the lore of the band itself because I, you know, just always associate Japanese Breakfast with just Michelle. And I was like, oh my god, what if her and Peter are divorced now?
0: <laughs> Thank God they are not. They They're are not. happily together. Happily together, still touring together. He's still in the
1: band. Yes. Yeah. I saw Japanese Breakfast a couple weeks ago, and the way that they look each- at each other on stage—it's very sweet. Oh, it's so sweet. Yeah. But great book. Um, one of two celebrity memoirs I read this year. and What was the other one? Jeanette McCurdy's.
0: Oh, right, right. duh, yeah. Um,
1: which was a great book, but the thing with Jeanette McCurdy's is that there are no light moments. No light
0: moments. I, with that one, I mean, I feel like that book deserves a place in this list, even though neither of us wrote it down. Um, Jeanette McCurdy's book. I listened to the audiobook, which I think lightened it a little bit mm. because her voice naturally, she's so animated and like, sarcastic. And so I think it like lightened it a tiny bit for me. Whereas if I had just read like the text of the book Mm -hmm. there, I don't think there would have been any levity at all.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I've seen some clips of her like reading it on TikTok and other videos and things like that. And I think you're right. I think it would help. Um, But it is just kind of one of those books and the chapters are really short. So it's just kind of one thing after another. Um, But I do agree. It is one of the books that I read this year that I Still think about mm-hmm. and um, definitely gave me one of those book hangovers where it was like, I got to read something like real, for sure, real light. Um, yeah, an important book to read, especially if you know, some her recovery is important to read and her experience. And so, another bummer mother book, though. Yeah. Uh,
0: Anyway, I got another one that's kind of a bummer, but is at least funny. Mm, Great. Um, It's very funny, actually. It's a it's a satire. The entire book is and I I haven't read like a novel that is satirical. In a really like I can't even think of the last time. Mm. Like that I read something that was like th- like full on satire. Mm-hmm. And so it's Disorientation by Elaine Chao. Um, I hope I'm saying her last name correctly, but I'm probably butchering it. Um, but it's about this um, Taiwanese American woman who is um, a PhD student. She's like trying to finish her dissertation on this like very famous Chinese poet Um, and she's, like, struggling to, like, get anything done. Her, like, dissertation advisor is, like, you need to find something new about this man. Like, he's been covered so many times. Um, and, like, her, her advisor is a white man who's, like, a quote-unquote expert in this, like, Mm -hmm. Chinese poet. Um, and, uh, he, like, urged her to cover this for her dissertation and, like, I don't really want to give away the big twist. I'll tell you like offline, but I don't want to spoil anyone because, (laughs) oh God, it blew my mind. Um, But it's basically like, you know, making fun of like very real um, and problematic like racial issues. Mm. Um, But she like puts it on its head in a way that's like, very enlightening and like enraging to read Mm. but very very funny um and she's like surrounded by like and her like fiance is a white guy who is like translating Japanese books into English and so then he also becomes a quote-unquote expert on like Japanese and then he's like yeah so and he's like he like makes her wear like a schoolgirl costume like it's there are so many layers here. My heart rate just went up. Yeah, the book is like infuriating, but the way that it's written, it's so funny and entertaining that like you're angry, but also you're like, this is so absurd. Mm. But also, it's like, it's like um everything that like would actually happen, but like turned up to like twenty five. <laughs> Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like all these like microaggressions and macroaggressions that are just like really overblown and overdone. And so it pisses you off, but it's also very, very entertaining. Yeah. Who? OK. Hmm. And it's 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 funny. And um, this is like a lame thing to say about a book that's like kind of deep, but the cover is really beautiful. <laughs>
1: it is very beautiful. Yeah. I've seen it.
0: Yeah. Um, It's pink. I love it. Um, but yeah, it's, so that's less of a bummer, um, but still kind of intense. Yeah. If you want to, um, basically if you want to be angry. Yeah. But like, it's so funny. Um, but, uh, I, I did entertain myself reading some Goodreads reviews from people who didn't know that it was satirical. (laughs) And I was like, when did y'all not pick that up? Oh, (laughs) it was pretty obvious to me from the very beginning. Hmm. Well, yeah, it does happen. It does happen.
1: Anyway, what's your uh, what's your last one? My last non romance uh is a book another book of the month. Shout out to Book of the Month. Um, but it's actually by a local author. Um, and it's called The Devil Takes You Home by Gabino Iglesias. Uh Massive content warning for this mm-hmm. one. It is a violent book, but I feel like I could <laughs> I either read romance or I read kind of in between a lot of my romances is something that's like really dark. Um, Yeah. And this is about a a father in the Austin area. Um, This is not a spoiler because it happens very early on in the book, but his young daughter uh, is diagnosed with cancer and she passes away. And it's very sad. Uh, His wife leaves him and now he's in a ton of medical debt because of what happened to his daughter and he becomes a hitman and uh realize he kind of likes being a hitman but he joins um one of his kind of shady friends and another guy on this big job across the border and it's got some supernatural elements into it it, if that's something you're into that's fun um I will also say, so I got it from Book of the Month, and it came with a translation guide. Um, there's a lot of Spanish in it, and I don't know Spanish. So if you get the book elsewhere, um, see if you can find a translation guide with it. Mm. because Or have Google translate it. Uh, yeah, or have Google translate up. But there are some big chunks that are in Spanish, and so Book of the Month sent with it a physical translation guide that I like used as a bookmark, mm-hmm. but it's kind of thick. So... Um, if you don't know Spanish, it's kind of a tough read, unless you have the translation guide, um, and I, yeah, it's, it's dark, it's really upsetting at certain points, um, but it was, I don't know, it's, it it was a really good one, I, it is one of those ones that I, like, hesitate to recommend, because it is so dark. It's heavy, yeah. It's heavy, yeah, it's so dark, and there's a lot of, like, graphic violence in Mm. it, so, if that's not your jam at all, yeah. I would not recommend. Um yeah. But great book. Great book. I
0: think yeah. about it a lot. I need to I need to read that one. Um that book reminded me of something else I want to put an honorable mention for because it was so ridiculous, which is Killers of a Certain oh. Age by Deanna Rayborn. Oh yeah. I haven't read this one yet, but it I was really so want to read it. funny and ridiculous. It's like Old Lady Assassins.
1: I want to read this one so badly. I want this to be a movie.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's it's very it was like um I got it as my like bonus book from Book of the Month during my birthday month cuz you get like a free add-on. Um so I chose this cuz I was like this feels like something I wouldn't normally pick up, but it right. sounds really funny. Um and it also has a very good cover. Um and it's sh- it was like a super easy read, super quick, and a, a romp. Oh, I will. I think I told you, but
1: my I made my grandmother sign up for book of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, she made this one of her book of the months, and she almost exclusively reads like thrillers and mysteries and things like that. She loved this mm-hmm. book, and she thought it was going to be really stupid. And she came back and she was like, "This one was so fun. I didn't think I was going to like it, and I really did." So. I was
0: worried it would be stupid, but and it and it it's silly. Yeah but it's not stupid. Right. It I thought it was very fun. And it was kind of like a I don't I used to read so many thrillers and I really don't anymore unless it's some of my like tried and true authors that I always read that mm-hmm. whenever they put out a new book I'm like okay fine whatever. Right. Um but so this was like kind of a good almost thriller for me mm. um, that that kind of scratched that same itch right. but was a little different. So yeah. I liked it a lot. Okay. Mm. So moving on, we wanna talk about books that we're excited to read, specifically two that are coming out this year. Yes. And so we, we we've mentioned both of these. But on November 22nd, which will be a couple weeks after this episode comes out, um, Ashley Herring Blake's sequel to Delilah Green is coming out. It's called Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail. So it's about Astrid.
1: hmm
0: So if you read that book and listened to that episode, um, there's a sequel. And newly announced, a third one is coming out. Yes. About, about- Iris. Yes. So we will have a trilogy yeah. soon enough.
1: I'm trying to think if... No, there's nobody else left in that friend group.
0: No, no.
1: Unless we get a new character in the next two, which is always possible, it could go on forever.
0: Right? You yeah. could you could Jasmine Guillory your way through it. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. yeah,
1: the next one is a uh, is about Iris, and yeah, so that's exciting.
0: I know. Yeah. So I I have an advanced copy of of the Astrid book, and so I wanna I wanna start it soon because mm. um, I wanted to give it a little. I didn't want to like binge it immediately after Delilah Green. I wanted to give it like. A little bit of space. Right. Yeah. Um, But I'm I'm going to start it soon. And then the other one, perhaps Ooh. my most anticipated book of 2022, coming, coming in hot at the end of the year. I know. Is Well Traveled by Jen DeLuca. So the fourth in the Well Met series.
1: Yes. Renaissance um, Fair. Yes. We love the Renaissance Fair romances. Yeah. <laughs> and so this one I kept forgetting about because all the other ones like. I either read during the summer or they came out during the summer. And so I kept forgetting that this one was coming out this year. And you just reminded me. And I'm yeah. so excited. It comes out
0: December 6th. I am so, so excited. I also have an advanced copy of that, but I've been like chilling on it because I'm doing the thing where I'm like so excited about it that I'm like trying to save it for the perfect moment. I know. Um, and I need to just fucking read it. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Do you want to talk about the other ones we're excited about?
1: Yeah. So I also have an advanced copy of this one, but... Me too. uh, Yeah. I haven't started it. My NetGalley queue is long. Yeah. And I also keep forgetting about it. (laughs) Uh, But it's a new Tessa Bailey, which, as you know, we're fans of her uh, and her excellent TikTok. But it's secretly yours,
0: and it'll be out in February. So basically, the male lead, his family owns a winery... And the female lead is hired to, quote unquote, revamp the gardens at this winery. So like gardener, florist, some kind of landscape designer. Um, But what I just noticed when I went to this book's page on Goodreads is that the like little subtitle says "A Vine Mess Number One," <gasps> which means this is the first in a new series from Tessa Bailey
1: about vineyard people. Ah, uh, which I date a wine guy, so
0: um, and this is a second chance small town. Yes, um, they almost kissed when they were fourteen, and oh. now they're back together in the same town. Amazing. Um, the cover is pink. It looks adorable. I'm so excited.
1: We love a pink cover. Yeah. I cannot wait to fact check this with Austin as I'm reading it and what vineyards actually operate.
0: Like. And he's a professor. Ooh, oh, no. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's my God. Exciting. I'm so excited.
1: So that's out in February. And then April. Oh, my gosh. Our
0: best month. Our best month. This, I, mm, We've got. New Abby Jimenez. Which I also have an advanced copy of that I need to just fucking read. I have the advanced copy too, and I'm like afraid to read it. I can't believe I'm just sitting on it. I can't I, believe we're both just sitting on it. I
1: know, but it's like, I've got all these, I don't know. I think it's the same thing where I'm like, what if I don't love it? But so I will it currently
0: it. has 773 reviews on Goodreads, which is not that many in the grand scheme of things. 1,200 ratings, which again is not that many, but still a lot of people. Average is 4.82 stars. Stop. That is perhaps the highest rated book I have ever seen on Goodreads. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I... It's called Yours Truly, if we haven't said that yet. It's a second chance. There are doctors involved.
1: It's about Brie from Part of Your World. Yeah. If you read Part of Your World, It's she's the best friend. Yeah. This is going to ruin my life, isn't it?
0: 4.82 stars.
1: I have to be in the mood to cry Uh because I know it's going to ruin my life. Just Uh like all her other books.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Most likely. Oh,
1: my gosh. And then. And then. (laughs) Another main event. We've got a new Emily Henry.
0: All in April. We've got new Emily Henry. We've got new Abby Jimenez. And we're going to see Taylor Swift.
1: I don't think life is going to get any better.
0: I cannot wait for April. That's like the worst time of the semester for me too. Mm, bummer. But it, I'm going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cry, but or what is it? I'm going to be so tired. No, what's the what's the Harry Potter thing? You oh, I'm gonna suffer, but I'm gonna be happy <laughs> about it. <laughs> That's me in April.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong, and I get back from Peru right at mm-hmm. the end of March, and so... It'll be fine. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be near tears every single day of April, and I am so excited. So, happy place, Emily Henry's new one. Oh, my gosh. It is all stuff I get very excited about. Yep. It is based around a friend trip, for one. Uh, It's a fake dating between a couple that broke up that are in this friend group that goes to this lake house i think every year
0: lake house i'm
1: so about it uh and on emily henry's story a couple of days ago one it just posted on netgalley we're waiting for our approval <laughs> our hopes are not high
0: no i'm not gonna get approved for this but if someone someone out there is listening hook your girls up please my god
1: uh but emily henry on her little post saying that it was on netgalley now Called her female lead um, a mirrorball, people pleasing girly. Mm. Mm. Emily Henry is a Swiftie. <laughs> as yes, well. she is. And so I am so excited for this one. I yeah, April. Um, I don't know. Nobody talked to us in April.
0: Uh, but then also do.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. Talk uh, to us in April. We just
0: won't be. I don't. <laughs> we may not talk back. No. <laughs> We'll <laughs> just collapse. Um, but there, there's also some other really good stuff coming out next year. Trish Dollar has another one. Sophie Sullivan has another one. Amy Lee has another one. Chloe Lee, who I've read a few of hers and like them. She's got another book coming out. All the girlies are out here.
1: I. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm not ready.
0: I know. Me neither. But, you know.
1: I just got real worked up talking about all of these that are coming. Out. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, we have so many that we like have on our list that we like need to read. <laughs>
1: I know. I'm not going to think about that right now.
0: Um. So what are you but what are you reading right now? We're talking about what we're excited to read. What are you currently reading? So I'm still in spooky mode. Don't yeah. come for me. It's
1: only a few days after Halloween.
0: Yeah. Currently, uh, it's November 4th. So. Yeah. It, you
1: know. it's allowed yeah it's fine Um, and as we've established it's still warm here right so it's fine um, but I'm finishing up The Kiss Curse by Aaron Sterling uh, the sequel to The X-Hex which we have mentioned because it was a very fun Halloween read we yeah, did stuff. last year yeah good stuff and Small Town mm-hmm. uh, and it's a southern Halloween read it's set in Georgia which yeah. made me feel
0: not so left out I know Halloween still happens here even though it's hot
1: Yeah, exactly. So this one's really fun. It's about um, Gwen, Vivi's cousin from the X-Hex. And I think I like it even more than the X-Hex. And then it's about Reese's brother, Wells. Um, But there's like, they're kind of, um, it's kind of an enemies to lovers, kind of. There's some, you know, fun, spooky stuff going on, and they've got, like, rival witch businesses across the street from one another, so they're kind of, like, fighting about that. Uh, It's a lot of fun. Gwen reminds me a lot of Katie, as I told her before we started recording, because Gwen, like, takes these little witches under her wing and is, like, teaching them stuff, and she just refers to them as the baby witches, and it's very cute.
0: And I have, you know, uh, 24 college-aged children. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Katie's children, so... Uh, I'm almost done with it, though, and then up next, I think, I think, don't hold me to it, but I think I'm gonna do The No Show by Beth Mm, mm O'Leary, um, because I just bought it when Katie and I just went to a new bookstore over the weekend, and I'm trying, we'll see if I succeed, I'm trying to do the thing where you buy a book and then you start it very soon after you buy it.
0: I, too, am trying to do that.
1: We'll see if I succeed. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll report back if I actually start that one next, or if I start something
0: else, because- We'll see. Well, I'm about to send you home with that serial killer book.
1: I know. Maybe I'll do a concurrent for once.
0: You could with those. I think. So. I feel like. Yeah. Um. So I'm reading. I am. Round of applause, please. Out of my reading slump.
1: Yeah. We did it.
0: Um. And I think what got me out of my reading, uh, my reading slump, is this book that I read for this article that I'm writing for you, Abigail. Um, I am so
1: happy to hear that. Yeah.
0: It's The Last Karankawas by Kimberly Garza. It's a book about Texas. Um, The reviews on it are mixed. I think if you're from Texas or know anything about Texas, you will love it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're not, perhaps you won't love it the way that I do. But it feels very Texas to me, and it's really, really very good. Um, It really showcases um, the things about Texas that I feel like most people don't know, which is that it is a quite – diverse and multifaceted um, state full of immigrants and um, hardworking people and um, perhaps perhaps not what you always think of when you think of Texas.
1: Yeah, we'll get on the soapbox about Texas anytime you want to. Yeah. Because this is apparently what I fight about a lot when I have a couple drinks in me.
0: This this book really ma- it was a very good book for me to read around election season because mm. it made me remember why I love it here. Yeah. Um despite everything. <laughs> Katie I just waved like her hands around <laughs> gestured broadly. Yeah. Um but yeah, so so I did that got me out of my reading slump so I'm back on my bullshit and I'm reading like 3 books currently. <laughs> i like how you don't ease back into it you're just like oh
1: done great both feet baby yeah
0: um so i started the audiobook version of a brush with love by Maisie eddings <laughs> which is about a bunch of people in dental school um a which brush with love a plus a plus um for the setting and that one's been fun so far and then last night right before bed i started in a new york minute by kate spencer which has been compared like Folks have said it's very Nora Ephron vibes because it's like it's New York like Uh, rom-com. So I just started that and I am like not far enough along in it to say anything about it other than the the female lead uh, is having a really bad day. She like wore her favorite dress, got laid off from her job and then the subway doors closed on her dress and it ripped and she met a handsome man in the subway who gave her his coat to cover up her bare ass (laughs) this is a movie yeah um so so it seems very cute so far but speaking of Nora Ephron now that it's November I can finally pick up that book that you bought me and like, January. Oh, yeah. My Christmas present.
1: I was thinking about a couple days ago where I was like, "Did you ever read that book I bought? No, I'm, I
0: was waiting for fall because oh. Nora Ephron. Yes. Yeah. Because you got it for me for Christmas. Yes.
1: But and then didn't, I didn't give it to you until
0: like okay. February. Yeah.
1: No, It was January. because January. Was when you come to help us move.
0: Right. Yeah. So so I've been saving it and it's called I'll have what she's having by Erin Carlson. Um, but it's uh, basically a book about um, Nora Ephron movies. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for that. Ooh,
1: report back on if you love it. I ordered it from Super Super Yaki. Yes. Shout out to Super Yaki.
0: Giant shout out to Super Yaki.
1: Our favorite t-shirt, uh, pop culture people. They started in Houston. They're great.
0: They're great. Oh my, I have so much stuff from them. Please buy stuff from them. Oh, they're amazing. If you need ideas for like holiday presents for people, Christmas presents, Hanukkah presents, whatever, Super Yaki. Yep. Yeah. Um,
1: Speaking of holidays. Yes. So, we're going to go ahead and announce our
0: Christmas books and we couldn't decide between two. So, we're going to do both. We're going to do both. We had a we had a whole strategy session before this where we were just like, "Fuck it. We're two Christmas books. Two Christmas books." So, the one that we've been eyeing for a long time is I want to buy this one just to have a book with this title and this cover on my shelf. Yeah. Um, It's You're a Mean One, Matthew Prince. And if that sounds familiar, (laughs) you're correct. Um, It's like (laughs) Grinchy fan fiction honestly is that how it sounds yeah. to me um it's by timothy janowski who has put out like one million books this year
1: oh yeah he's having a great he's year. killing it he's yeah. having
0: like a denise williams year right yeah. now
1: <laughs> also oh, we follow him on instagram and he's making some very funny videos as yes. he's promoting this book yeah
0: he so. seems great i haven't read any of his stuff I haven't um heard. but i'm really excited to read this one it is our second queer romance mm-hmm Um, but our first one that is between two men. Mm -hmm. Um, so really excited about this. Uh, it appears to be, um, and I've read very little about this and I kind of want to keep it that way because it seems like absurd in all the good ways. Um, I would assume it's an Enemies to Lovers considering there's a Grinchy character in here.
1: And it's literally named You're a Mean One. Right, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the cover is green, obviously, obviously. And has one man building a snowman while the other man is like holding a snowball looking at him. Um, so I cannot wait. Um, so that's one. Um, and then our other one, uh, also a beautiful cover,
1: this is gorgeous. Yeah,
0: we almost bought this when we were at the bookstore last weekend because gen- like, even though it was October, it was mm-hmm. like two days before Halloween, we were so drawn to this cover.
1: It is maybe one of, and maybe it's just because I'm le- I'm trying to lean into my holiday vibes, but it's maybe one of the most beautiful books I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, it's so cute. So it is called uh, Merry Little Meat Cute, and it is co-written by Julie Murphy of Dumplin' fame. Um, love Julie Murphy. I think I've read every book she's ever written. I, I'm a big fan of her. Um, when I was in my like YA romance kick uh, mm-hmm. and like YA kick in general, I read a, a lot of Julie Murphy. Love her. She also wrote one of the um the you know how she and Jasmine Guillory did the like two retellings of Disney. Yes, she did the Cinderella one. That's right. That I read earlier this year. So it's her and Ciara Simone. Um, they co-wrote the book which I don't think I've read anything by Sierra Simone. I have not. Um, but this is billed as a steamy plus size holiday rom-com about an adult film star who is semi accidentally cast as a lead in a family friendly Christmas movie and the former bad boy pop star she falls in love with. Oh, <laughs> oh, that could not God. be more of a Mad Libs for like what Abigail and I will pick up and read. <laughs> I am so excited! I'm so excited for both of these, but I hadn't
1: heard about this one at all until we read the back cover in the bookstore on Saturday, and I was like, "We have to do it." Yeah, I. This is why we're doing two because we couldn't decide, and I was like, "We can't not do the Hallmark movie adult right. film star."
0: Like, we had already been tentatively planning on doing Matthew Prince because obviously, mm-hmm. and then this popped up and we were like, fuck. So, two. Two. Th- we make the rules. Yeah. <laughs> we make the rules. We make the rules. I am so excited for this one. I'm so excited so so I don't think I don't think we're ready to tell you which one is gonna come first so just read them both and we will put both of these books on our bookshop you can get them from there It'll give us a little bit of cash um, which we always appreciate um, or buy it from your local bookstore and just a PSA to not buy books from Amazon this holiday season because they sell books at a loss. Mm -hmm. Um, on purpose which is why they're so cheap but you know what bookshop matches Amazon's prices so even if you don't buy them from our bookshop store buy them from a bookshop store um and don't give jeff bezos any more money yeah
1: or go to your local independent bookstore and have a nice afternoon browsing the shelves and get all your holiday shopping done
0: yeah if if you're in austin go to vintage books and wine which is the new bookstore on the east side that we just went to last weekend
1: yeah there are plenty of great um bookstores here you know always a favorite book people we got vintage books and wine yeah reveries
0: down south near me which i like
1: yep Lots yep. lots of choices and probably a great choice wherever you are too. So yes. Support your local bookstore and also support your libraries if you're just reading them for yourself. Yes. You
0: know. Yeah. Library. Love the library. Anyway, we will see you guys. Oh my god, it's all Christmas all the time for the rest of this year. So so we'll yeah. see y'all again for our first holiday episode.
1: <laughs> yes. oh, get ready. Get your get your hot cocoa ready or whatever you yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll do we'll <laughs> do spiked hot cocoa for our next
0: recording. Mm, I like that. <laughs> all right. See y'all next time. Goodbye.